Hey, everybody. Hello. Hey, so uh, thank you for tuning in for Geek Chat Point Five. Ah, the Point Five issue. Yes, this is your extra, well, not issue, episode. Episode. So this is your extra episode. Um, <laughs> we we basically, after coming back from my hiatus, we thought, you know what? We like to talk a lot. And yes, we, he does. And we don't talk a lot. We thought we didn't talk a lot about comics or enough about comics. Yes. So, so the geek chat, the 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 live show is going to be uh, nothing but comics and what people are talking about on Facebook because we love what you guys are talking about, what you guys are saying on Facebook. So, so yeah, that's what we're going to be doing. So, is so the so, word of the night? Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> so totally. um. So 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 that's right. what happened. So um, in this show, well, we have a special guest uh, to kick off this show, and that is Steve Leola. So we're very excited to have yes. him, and he'll be he'll be stopping by later in the show. But first, uh, we wanted to. But first. But first, we wanted to talk to you a little bit about uh, my experiences at Comic Con. The G-rated ones that have to do with comic books, right? Yes, the okay, G-rated good. ones that have to do with comic books because I had a, a fantastic time at Comic Con. Um, this is I my, wasn't there. He wasn't there. He didn't come, and I felt really bad for him because I'm so used to having him there as my trusty sidekick and companion. Oh my god! Here we go again. So, uh, this is my 13th year going to Comic Con. Oh, I know, right? 13. 13th in a row. So you were like what? 30 when you started? 35? I'm gonna slap you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, it was in my late 20s when I started going. And I just went for my go. I just, I just started going before just because. Because you, you love know. comic books. Yeah, That's because I like comic books. And then and then when I started writing comics. You um, write comics? I do. Um, when I started writing comic books, I I, came, I started going as a pro and uh, meeting pros. And <laughs> to, a pro. And, as a pro. And trying to uh, get my stuff seen by other people. And, it, you know, it, it led to a few people seeing my stuff here and there met got to meet bob shrek and that was a lot of fun he was a good guy uh got got some critical feedback about my stuff and it was really good um one thing i can say if you are a budding uh comic book writer is get yourself an artist it is much easier to um to sell your work your writing if you have an artist that's not mean to show if you're gonna show yes definitely have an artist Have something to show yes because as bob shrek said to me they're in the business of reading comic books. You know, they don't want to read scripts that much, you mm-hmm. know, um, because they're saying like he, he said, it. this is what he said to me that I thought was hilarious. He said, when I when I get a when I get an ash can or, 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 or a comic book from uh, from somebody and I'm at a con, if it's like late in the evening and I'm getting back to the to the hotel after after smoozing and meeting people and i gotta go to the bathroom i might just pick up your comic and read it while i'm on the pot wow yeah There's and, and some that's honesty. and that's the time you know that that you really want to you really want to try to get someone and i thought that was just very clever i was like yeah you know that's, it's kind of it. like an elevator pitch where you just have a couple minutes to seal the deal yeah yeah a couple of minutes between you the know. sit down and the flush you got to impress him exactly and so so I thought that was really good, and and it was after that that I really started looking for uh, artists. But uh, enough about you. Yeah, suffice to say, uh, Comic Con is Changed. has grown and it has gotten really really big. Um, I enjoy going every time I go because I get to see friends and I get to hang out with them, and it's a lot of fun. But it's, it's not just, much comic book anymore. It's very very packed, and there's yeah. just a lot of people who were there just for the exclusives or they're there just to, just to hang out in the panels. And that's to an extent that's fine, but geez, people, it's like, if you ever been to comic con, it's like this giant football field, right? 
and then the center is where all of the um all the big name people are and that center area is always packed there's just a lot of people in that area again that confined area and then on the either sides is just not a lot of people because on one side on the left side is you have all the artists and and um Artist uh, Alley. Oh yeah, Artist Alley. You have the, the the fantasy artists and all the and all those people. And then on the other side, you have all the comic book people, and like interspliced, you have the like vendors. the vendors, and you have like the web comic people in the back, and with the with the small press people. And then you have like the the small press people that are just a few few notches up from you know at a small press, so they might have like a a bigger. Not like they're not as well, big author as author like Soydam. He just takes over five or six tables. So you're, <laughs> that's you're, true. Hopefully you're not around him. No, 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 no. So, but Comic Con was really good this year. I I really enjoyed it. I was only there for for a couple of days. Went down to visit some family as well. But uh, I was able to meet um, uh, a few different artists um, and say hi and hello to them. I was really excited. I got to see you know Freddie Williams the third. I always enjoy seeing him and his art and um and this was a lot of fun i got some exclusives for some of my friends <laughs> that would be me so so I, I did feel like uh black santa you know bringing stuff my back. black santa black santa and i want to give a special shout out to patrick richardson a good friend of mine for thank you for standing in those long lines to get that stuff so to get thank my you transformers so that Yay. was a lot of fun so all right um but again this is uh it was a lot of fun, and, and I want to say if you ever get the ability to go to Comic-Con, uh, you should, just to experience it. Um, but WonderCon and Ape and Emerald City, I like those a little bit better only because they're – I don't want to say that they're intimate. They're just a lot they're, – they're, they're not as overwhelming, so you can actually be there and well, actually talk to people. And they're actually about comics. Yeah, yeah, but the thing is, is you can actually sit there and talk to people, you know. So, so. at Comic Con, we was talking about panels. There's a lot of panels on stuff we on the Geek Chat talk about. A lot of Arrow, a lot of the DC stuff, a lot of the Marvel stuff. And uh, did you get to go to any of the panels? No, because they were completely packed. Yeah. Um, and I was not willing to uh, wait. <laughs> 24 hours to go to a con yeah yeah there were people that were camping out um and i was just like nope <laughs> that's crazy that shows a level of fan that just goes beyond like those people will you pay to get in this thing and then you stand in a line for hours just to see someone talk now and 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 watch a trailer that is going to go online like literally almost immediately like all the trailers that were shown almost save like maybe one or two are now online yes and some were leaked that's how we know because we watched the leak ones yes marvel and dc we watched them because mm -hmm. we want to see them if you're gonna do it there yeah it's nice but give us the people that can't go give us that too and that's why so many were leaked um the big one that was leaked was suicide squad and dc like treated its fans like crap like chastising them that oh how dare you want to see this and then released it the next day what'd you think of that i thought it was pretty funny Funny. No, no. So it's a funny squad. No, no, no. I thought it was funny what they did. Oh. It's like. Marvel was all. When Avengers got leaked, Marvel was all, damn it, Hydra. And they were trying to make a funny out of it. And then DC instead goes the opposite route. Well, I, I don't know. They just. I think they want to. They have so much money writing on, on the success of these franchises in order to compete with the Marvel machine that they have to be a little bit 
like they're there that's kind of why they're acting like that i think um i don't think it's necessary you know uh, this is how you're gonna build buzz for uh people want to see this stuff yeah and they should have been like damn it harley you know something they should have played to it and then said well here you go here you go if since you really want to see it here I mean, because here's the thing. If you really didn't want people to, to do it, take their phones. You know, if you didn't want people to do <laughs> take hundreds of phones. No, people do it. Yeah. You know, um, when we went and saw, was it Conan? One of the movies we saw before we all had to turn in our phones. It was Conan. Yeah. Yeah. We went and saw and I'm like, the Conan and, and they took all of our phones. Phone? And I was just like, what? We're not going to pirate Conan. Calm down. So. <laughs> Um, So speaking of uh, trailers, uh, we're going to talk now about the trailers that that came out of Comic-Con. And we're going to give you our thoughts on some of the trailers and 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 our and our thoughts about if we are anticipating um, the comics from the the, the movies, the movies from which these comic, the movies from which these um, these trailers are coming from. Yes. Um, What do you want to talk about first? I'll let you go. Well, I started it. Suicide Squad. What did you think of the trailer? Um, it's very serious in tone. I'll tell you that. Um, not to think that I was expecting any kind of like a funny, uh, a uh, uh, jovial or fun Suicide Squad. I mean, it's in the title, Suicide Squad. Um, very dark. I kind of don't like um harlequin's depiction in this uh one of the people on the on the geek chat uh a friend of mine uh chase mentioned it it's just he didn't he he wrote something on facebook and it was about how how they kind of i don't want to say dumbed her down but they kind of reduced her to this kind of you know shell of who she is she doesn't seem like a strong character licking bars and and doing all this so you think they went with the they literally went crazy instead of she was a psychiatrist like i think so i think the pictures the pictures of the joker jared leto is the joker torturing person i think he's torturing her oh wow you know people have said that um it might be that he's torturing jason todd you know, yeah, because well, that's the other trailer we'll talk about. Yeah, because that that will lead into that will lead into uh, Batman v Superman. Not sure if that's what it is. I think I don't think so. I think it is Harlequin that they're doing that to 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 basically give her uh, give her more backstory because I do think that they're trying to break out Harlequin into her own movie. I do believe that from this Harlequin might be getting her own movie. Good, but is introducing her this way maybe the idea that us, we've been reading her about her for a very long time, maybe they should have went the route of introducing her in something as Doctor no. and then watching? No, they don't They don't care about no, that. No, that's what I'm saying. No. We do, as characters, we want to see that smart woman. No. No. No, they, they are not. I, I don't think that they want to show that persona. They want to show they Harle- just, They want to show Harlequin as a as a crazy stripper, you know, who falls in love with the Joker. Crazy stripper maniac who falls in love with the Joker. And Do you think that does a disservice to the character? Yes, I think it does a huge disservice. But, but again, we don't know. This is all us speculating. Yeah, this is all speculation. So we do not know if this is exactly what's going to happen. I do know though that um, that I wasn't too upset with seeing uh, Will Smith though. Ugh. I mean, he's not really. I'm so used to seeing, picturing, you know, um, 
Deadshot in my head as 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 someone else. So to see him in this character, I'm just kind of like, Ugh. yeah. And it looks like they switched the eye patch or the eye scope. No, they did. That that was one of the things that was that was annoyed. Is I is, noticed that in the trailer more yeah, than anything. Yeah, it's in the wrong. It's on the wrong side. side. So it's like, ugh, so it's just one more thing that makes me think. Someday maybe we'll actually get the real things, and this is all just no. their weird. I know. Let me think. God damn it. No, this is. This is what they're going with. DC has doubled down in this stuff. And um, so I'm I but all this to say that I will still see this movie. Oh, my God. We, we both will. We'll both yeah, be there. I'll both be there. Naysayers be damned. I will be there probably opening day to see what it is like. And then we will be talking about it. We'll, that next we'll, Monday we'll be complaining. Yeah. Um, I, I hope not. I hope that I'm not complaining. I really hopeful. I really hope group. that it is. It is good. <laughs> I, I am very hopeful that this is good and that this is a fantastic start to the uh, the DC universe. This is second. Hmm? Batman Superman comes first. I thought this one came first before that movie. Mm-mm. Oh, they must have switched it because I thought it was Suicide Squad then Batman Superman. Mm-mm. I don't uh, think so. Oh, whatever. Um, so talking about it, Batman versus Superman was released. What did you think of that? So it was funny. Uh, when I was on the floor at Comic-Con. You were on the floor? I was on the floor walk, walking around. That, that's what they call it when you're when you're walking the floor. The floor. Of the convention. I was on the floor of the convention. That's, that's insider talk. Oh, <laughs> Okay. No, so I was standing there with Patrick, um, and he says, "I love." He yelled out to someone, "I love, I love." You know, Man of Steel, and I looked over, and this guy kind of looked at him and kind of smiled, right? And I was like, "Who was that?" And he's like, "That's Zack Snyder." And I was like, "What?" And so I do another look. So then you scream, "I hated Man of Steel, you prick!" No, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't yell that. Oh, okay. No, I didn't yell that. I was just like, "Wow, he's shorter than I thought," and I thought maybe he. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he suffers from that Tom Cruise disease, and I was like, "Wow!" But I don't know. Um, but he was all scruffy and stuff, and short, and I was like, eh. "Anyway, um, I don't know about Man of Steel. I mean, sorry, I don't know about Batman versus Superman. All I know Wonder is, Woman's in it. All I know is Ma Kent gives no fucks about anybody. Nope. On Earth, she does nope. not care. She is just like, "Nope, y'all can eat a dick," because <laughs> like Superman. Clark, you don't got to do nothing for nobody. I was like, wow. Where's the hope? There is no hope. Are you kidding? Come on now. I was just like, seriously, though. I was just like, damn. Ma Kent is not fucking around nobody. <laughs> Ma Kent don't care. Um, and then well, What I did thought, you think of Wonder Woman? Um, She looked fine. She looked fine. I... <sighs> You are really holding back. No, I no no. I, honestly, out of all of them, I thought she looked the best. I didn't. I don't like. I don't like his. I don't like Batman's outfit. I think it's too stubby. I don't think the bat signal looks good. Everything is stubby. I don't know. Just and and I swear to God, I nothing against Zack Snyder, but come on, stop homaging stuff. Where is your ideas in this stuff? In these in these movies, it's like. Everything that he's done has been a homage to something else. The only thing he ever did that was his own was Sucker Punch, and I just could not even get through that movie. I mean, I don't want to. That was one of the ones we really wanted to see, but I swear everyone that saw it hated it. So we're like, oh, I'm not going to waste money on that. It was. It's not that it was. It's not that it was super bad. It was just like it like has no direction, and it's like he pulls so much inspiration and and so much visual nuances from the source material. It's like. Like the, the the picture of of him 
of Batman on the wall, you know, and he she shoots the grappling hook and like and like spears and flies away before Superman hits him with his with his eye beam. Superman's gonna kill Batman with his with his heat vision. Yeah, that mm-hmm. I was just like, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. I, I really feel what's gonna happen is they're gonna fight and Wonder Woman's gonna come down and be like, "Kid, stop it." <laughs> Seriously. Wonder Mama. Yeah, Wonder Mama's going to come in and be like, there's something much more. You guys need to work together. I mean, who knows? This might be the jumping off point for, for like Brainiac or Metallo or some shit like that, you know? And so they have to work together in order to fight this. And then they say, oh, you're not so bad. Neither are you. Bah, 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 bah. Then they hug. Yeah. I mean, that's probably what's going to happen in this movie, you know? But but then again, I don't know. I uh, my only real complaint is I really wish the man would learn what th- there's more colors in the world. His coloring box has like three colors in it. Well, because it's oh no, there's no excuses. No, no, they're scared, of, they're scared three. of bright colors. Yeah, and it sucks. The whole movie is so one color. Everyone looks the same. Like, why even put costumes on people? Everybody looks they're wearing the same ugly drab outfit. Mm. That's my biggest complaint. Uh, I want to talk more about that. Other ones, real quick. Did you see any of the leaked X-Men? Yeah, I saw them. I yeah. saw the, I saw X-Men Apocalypse and uh, Deadpool. I saw the Deadpool one as well. I am, I am out of all the out of all the trailers that were sh- that were shown, I am mo- most excited for Deadpool. Yeah. Um although this it's weird. It's like Ryan Reynolds has this sort of this low energy humor to him. Have you ever noticed that? He has that kind of like, well, hello there, blah, 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 blah. and then he'll say something like kind of freaky and weird. So he's he's very low energy humor, you know, which is very interesting in Deadpool, who is so very over the top and manic. He's and very, manic. Yeah. So I'm kind of wondering how he's going to marry these two together. I am really excited to see uh, Colossus. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited to see a Nega Teenage Warhead. I'm just really excited for that movie just to actually see them step outside of the box, you know, in a good way, um, which is the exact opposite of how I feel about X-Men Apocalypse. After seeing how Apocalypse looks, I'm really scared for this movie. <laughs> I am really, really scared for this movie. I don't, I, uh, I don't know. I don't know. So I was reading the actor. He did an interview when he was talking about, you know, they don't want to make him look too alien and they, you know, about how imposing a 10-foot-tall mutant would be, and they really want to... He's imposing. He's supposed to be, yeah. Um, But he's not supposed to have a blue face. That's the one, my biggest complaint about this whole movie. His face is like a chalky white with like... You could say like light violet tone, but it's it's white. And then... Or like the blue in it, because he wears the blue around. And then he... It sounds stupid to say this to people, but the lips are kind of important in every kind of version. He's had some kind of the lips connecting. Yeah. It's and and it's this takeaway from like his Egyptian heritage. Yes. Especially the fact that he is the world's first or was supposed to be the world's first mutant. And to make him look, and I didn't know, I, I, I know who Rick, not Ricochet Rita. That's from long shot. Rita. What's her name from? Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Rita Repulsa. Rita Repulsa. It's like, uh, I, I knew, news. So I knew who this was. And we went and saw Ant-Man. And one of the guys that went with us said it looks like Ivan Ooze. And I'm like, I have zero clue who that is. So they pulled up on their phone 
the comparison pictures between Apocalypse and this guy Ivan Ooze. And that's when my whole world just was like, like Desmond said, oh my God, you were getting things so right. Jubilee looked just like Jubilee, you know? Nightcrawler, they're going to make him the young child. And everyone, Angel, the Angel, uh, Archangel Wings look so good. But and then they show this picture and you're like, even Psylocke, whose costume is, if you think about real world, it'd be funny looking to see that. But on her, you're like, oh, cool. Yeah, it looked it looked pretty good. And then and they do that to like, Apocalypse's face. And you're like, what the hell? Yeah, I do have to agree. So, um, I don't know. It, it There's a lot of stuff to be excited for. 2016 is going to be a fantastic year uh, for... for um, for comic book fans and movies in general again so, again fantastic um so we we're gonna uh we're gonna uh have our special guest on so please stay tuned um again that is steve Layla, and he will be here uh just right, a little bit just just a little bit thank you so much for tuning in bye all right, everybody. So thank you so much for tuning into the Geek Chats Extra Show. And today we have an extra special treat. We have the inker of Fables, um, longtime inker of Fables, uh, Steve Laola. So we're going to have a nice conversation with him about uh, comic books, how he got into it, some of his most fun moments, and what he's hoping to do in the future. So thank you so much for being here, Steve. My pleasure. Okay. So the first question is, how did you get involved in comic books? Well, as a kid, I was always reading comic books. Um, back in the 70s, which is when I was a kid, uh, everyone had to live in New York, or at least the, the major companies, Marvel and DC, they wanted you to live in New York. Um, but that started to loosen up. And in the mid-70s, I started to meet some of the uh, New York transplants who ended up in the San Francisco Bay Area, like Jim Starlin and Frank Brunner and Alan Weiss. Um, and they were all working on books where, that they wanted inkers on so that they could have a complete book to send in to Marvel. Uh, and I tried out for, for those guys, sent them samples, uh, handed them samples, actually. Um, and I was asked to ink both Warlock and Howard the Duck. So in my mind, I sort of, well, I definitely got lucky with some pretty nice books right off the, right off the bat. So. Yeah, that's, that's what it sounds like. And um, how long did you uh, work for, uh, when, when, you, when you did those inking, uh, were you, was that your intro into Marvel Comics? And then from there, you kind of went on with mar other Marvel properties? It was. That, that was... Uh, what I think it was my first, uh, well, that was the point at which I began working full-time as a comic book professional. Um, Mid-1975, I started working on Warlock, inking Warlock. And then at that point in time, Warlock and Howard the Duck would both buy monthly books. So I alternated. Um, it was lucky in the way it worked out. So I inked... Uh, Let's see, it's Warlock number nine, and then I started on Howard the Duck number one uh, like three months later, something like that. Um, anyway, what was the question? <laughs> just no, no, <laughs> I was just, and then from there you went on to other Marvel properties. What well, other Marvel properties did you work on? <clears throat> okay. Um, 
so I worked on Warlock until Starlin, well, Starlin left for Hollywood, uh, which was Warlock 15. And then I stayed on Howard the Duck through issue, I believe it was 13, when Kiss shows up. Um, at that point, I found another project to work on at Marvel, and that was inking the comic book adaptation of this new movie that was called Star Wars. <laughs> so I stopped working on Howard and concentrated on Star Wars for the next six months or so. Um, um, so you know, you're known primarily as an inker, but have you uh, ever penciled any books or written any books yourself? Uh, I haven't written a whole lot, but I, as an inker, well, I, my usual routine was to uh, ink something for six months and then move on and pencil something for a while. And I've done a little bit of inking over the years. Um, I think, I mean, trying, it's hard to remember the chronology sometimes, but I penciled a, a fairly long run on Spider-Woman. I penciled um, the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy from DC um, and a few other things. Actually, on Fables, I, I penciled a couple of issues of that and a short story. Um, um, anyway, I like to mix it up. So. Well, that, that sounds great. That, that way you don't always get stagnant in one different, in one specific thing. Um, what is the longest property that you, uh, that you uh, worked on as a penciler? Um, probably Spider-Woman. Um, I also penciled um, New Mutants and the X-Men at various times. Um, those were all shorter. I, I penciled um, one of the X-Men annuals, number seven, I think. It's been a while. I, I think I have that issue. I forget the exact number. but um, And I penciled and inked three issues of New Mutants. That was fun. Um, in all of those, I got to work with Chris Claremont uh, on Spider-Woman, New Mutants, and the X-Men. So that was, well, that's really the incentive. I mean, being able to work with various writers that you enjoy working with. How was it like working with, you know, Chris Claremont? Well, I always thought he was great to work with because he'd just say, okay, what do you want to draw? And it would sort of go from there, come up with stuff and... Chris doing all the heavy lifting, like coming up with actual plots. <laughs> it wasn't too wordy for you? Well, Chris's method of writing is that he would just write out everything that came to mind, and then he would edit it down so that, uh, you know, it could actually fit onto the page. I think that's uh, what Rich does in his books. <laughs> so uh, not, not really sure, but that, that sounds like something that in his wheelhouse. So did you oh, ever... I'll, also, we had the advantage of working with Tom Orzakowski, who, who is a, a master at placing a lot of dialogue on a page and making it so it reads clearly. Um, I mean, he was the longtime letterer for, for the X-Men, and um, it's, it's an underappreciated aspect of, of the comic book biz. I mean, good copy placement is, is it really can help a book considerably. Yes, it definitely can. Um, another question, have you ever worked for DC besides Fables? 
I have. Um, I worked for Marvel for, let me think, 10, 20 years. It, it all blurs together. Uh, that's the thing about being a freelancer is you tend to go back and forth. I mean, over the years, I've always done a little bit of work for DC and, and a little bit of work for Marvel. Uh, I think I did my first work for DC in around 1976, just helping out a friend inking a Batman job. Um, but I began inking DC. Let's see, I worked on Superman and Batman. I penciled a little bit of Batman. Um, and I, well, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy was a DC book, although technically it's a Byron Price book. <clears throat> he was the mastermind behind that particular project. Um, let's see, an issue of The Dreaming. I drew a short four-issue miniseries, uh, Petrofax, which is a spin-off of the uh, Sandman series. <clears throat> um, Did you get to work with Neil Gaiman for that? I did not. I worked with Mike Carey, who was also a terrific writer. Um, be fun to do something with him again. Um, trying to think what else. So many different titles. Yeah, it's hard. It's, it, you know, over, over the course of, of, of a career, you know, the, the opportunities you get to work on so many different properties must be amazing. I know another property you got to work, work on uh, real quick. Oh. oh, I was just going to say that that's, that's why I've always liked inking, because I got the opportunity to work with. Uh, well, when I first got into the business, my goal was to ink all of my favorite artists from when I was a kid. And I did manage to, to work with most of my favorite artists, like <clears throat> John Buscema and Jack Kirby and Carmine Infantino and Gil Kane. And um, probably my favorite to ink was Gene Colan. Um, anyway. No, that's, that, again, that seems it's so fantastic to meet your idols and then to actually work with them. You know, it, it's it's something to meet them and shake their hand and say I admire your work, but to actually work with them as a contemporary is is is, is it must be amazing. So, um, and I know you worked on GI Joe, and and Rich had a question about about GI Joe, and his question was, did did you know Larry Hama uh, was going to put a, a character named after you in the book? I did not. Um, he, he sort of informed me after the fact, and he said, uh, well, I have a character that, that's, he's supposed to be Hawaiian, and, and the only Hawaiian name I knew was yours, so I, I hope you don't mind if I used your name, which I was perfectly fine with. Um, and what I thought was amusing was that he, just to make it so it wasn't my name, he, he gave him the name Edward Lealoha, which coincided incidentally is my middle name so he was I don't know we're on a similar wavelength or something anyway I was always very proud to have been turned into a G.I. Joe character and what was his code name I don't remember Torpedo, Torpedo that's right that's yeah. right I have the little figurine at home although it's so old that the little tiny rubber bands holding it together have disintegrated and he's just a pile of pathetic little plastic parts does he look like you at all um, at, at his head is about a quarter of an inch. So <laughs> I don't know. It's hard to tell. <laughs> You're like, I think maybe. <laughs> Have you ever been immortalized in comic book form? Uh, not in that manner. 
Um, there have been a few cameos. Um, actually, the, one of the ones I've always been rather proud of is that I'm friends with Brian Talbot, and he did a book called uh, One Bad Rat. And we were tr uh, visiting England and traveling around, and he's doing reference for that book. And, and when I read the book, there's a sequence where suddenly I see myself in the background walking, uh, interacting with the characters in the book, which is always a bit of a surreal experience to suddenly find yourself in this fictional world. Um, so that was that was one occasion, and and there was one an issue of Spider Woman with Chris Claremont that I drew the two of us into the story uh, in a small role. I mean, it's not about us. Nobody wants to read about us. Um, well, I just know that because John Byrne was very famous about doing that, you know, putting himself putting, in all those She-Hulk issues, and I was just like, okay, you know, I get it. You know, you want to be a star. Calm down. Um, so you said you got to travel for, for um, with some of these books for, ins for, for inspiration and reference. Where are some of the nicest places that you've been um, for reference? Um, well, one of the... Uh, one of the benefits of, of being in the comic book biz is that sometimes you get invited to interesting places for conventions. And I always tried to take reference uh, reference pictures and for uh, as we travel around because you never know where these characters are going to end up. But you know, um, in the case of being well, I've gone to conventions in England and France and Spain. Uh, Switzerland, um, Kansas City, <laughs> uh, Vancouver, places much closer to home. Uh, but it's always great. I mean, big or small, I'm always interested in going to some town that I haven't been to. Yeah, and, and, and immortalizing them forever in comic books. I have a convention coming up on the big island of Hawaii in the beginning of September, for example. And even though that's a place I've been to many, many times, um, it's, it'll be the first convention in that particular spot. So I'm looking forward to that one, for example. That's awesome. So, um, so now let's talk about the thing that you've worked on the longest for uh, it is the longest 13 years yeah. i believe it what would be the fables and i know that it, uh the graphic novel one which is the final farewell issue which is actually a graphic novel issue uh 150 uh just came out last week and i know this is you know a, a bittersweet because you because <laughs> you worked on it for again 13 years but um but what are some of your fondest memories about working on this on fables well i mean as an inker, we just sit at a drawing table and and, and work long hours. And um, because you ink everything by hand, right? Yes, I still ink everything by hand. It's the old, old-fashioned method. Um, some of the artists work digitally and do fabulous stuff. It, I must admit, it's something I I need to learn because I, I like what they're doing. Like uh, Peter Gross works digitally, and. Uh, and of course, the lettering and coloring is all done digitally. Uh, anyway, um, and strictly speaking, a fair amount of the inking that I did on Fables was done digitally because uh, Bill Willing, uh, Bill William, Mark Buckingham, 
Buckingham and Willingham. It's all the hams. I recall there's one issue where everyone got that name. Um, anyway, Bucky has variously lived in different spots in England and Spain, so sometimes there just isn't time to physically send artwork across the country to, to where I live in San Francisco. So some of it has to be done digitally where Bucky will send me scans and I'll print them up and I'll have to ink that, which I do ink that by hand. But um, anyway, that's one of the methods. But I would have to say one of the highlights of working on Fables was attending the Fables convention that uh, Bill Willingham and, and many other people uh, put on in Rochester, um, Minnesota. It's fabulous, small, but enthusiastic convention of, of like-minded people. Um, plus, I mean, really the, the, the high point of working on fables is being able to work on a, a book that I would actually be reading even if I weren't working on it. And also all of the amazing artists who were also contributing. I mean, uh, being able to work on a book that had all those fabulous James Jean covers. Um, just looking at the last issue of uh, Fables, people like Adam Hughes and um, I mean, the, the thing with, with starting to name names is you don't want to leave anybody out. But I mean, one of the things I liked about Fables is that there are so many different art, different artists on it, and all of these different looks going through with one, uh, um, all handling the one storyline that, that Bill was laying out there. So, I don't know. No, I no, that, that, I mean, it just, it's really hard to sum up 13 years, you know, of, of, of a fantastic, you know, process of your life. How did you get this assignment? Um, I'm not really sure as to, uh, specifically, I mean, it seemed like when they were first working on fables, it, uh, I don't know who they had in mind for doing what, but, uh, Shelley Bond, our fabulous editor, asked me if I would ink the first, uh, story arc of their new book, and I read the uh, the series outline and it sounded great right off the bat. I mean, I knew that this was going to be an excellent book, so I was certainly up for it. And uh, I guess she liked what she saw, so I stayed on. I mean, it was always intended that Mark Buckingham would be the the main pencil to the book, but he was, um, I think, in order to get it out on time or in a timely manner, uh, it was decided that he wouldn't ink the very first story line, uh, but get to work on the, uh, well, the farm aspect of, of the series. Anyway, so it just, it just worked out. So after there was, there was no larger plan other than, you know, ink a book, see what happens. Uh, at that point, I'd actually done a bit of work for Vertigo because I'd already 
worked on the Dreaming and inked a little bit of Sandman way back when. Um, so, yeah. um, so was there was there a storyline or an issue that really was really difficult for you to to to, to handle? You know, it's just like uh, you know, uh, was there anyone that just kind of just like was like ah, this is killing me. Well, there <coughs> there are the occasional uh, battle scenes that that certainly do take a long time. Um, I personally found it amusing that the most challenging pages of the entire run were the last pages I inked for the last issue, which, uh, not to give anything away, but there there's a sequence where uh, Rose Red is amassing an army, and there's a gazillion characters there, and it took me like a, a week and a half to ink those four pages. Um, That's a long time. <laughs> How long does it usually take you to ink, a, to ink a single issue? Well, it varies. I mean, it's... Um, in my mind, it seems like <clears throat> one consistent factor of working on fables is that it's always late. Um, uh, which is not technically true, but I think it's it's a miracle that uh, the book was able to meet its shipping schedules. I think ninety nine percent of the time, something like that. Um, but that's actually one reason why there's a lot of inkers on the book. Uh, Andrew Peepoy and Dan Green and um, anyway, it sort of changes from time to time, but. Um, all our styles are similar enough that uh, we can all work on the book, and unless you're really looking closely, you really don't notice there's different uh, inkers. Um, in fact, for the last fable story, I think there's probably at least five inkers. Um, I inked about 20 pages. Andrew Peepoy, I think, inked the majority of the pages. Uh, Mark Buckingham inked several pages. Um, I'm not sure if Dan Green, I think Dan Green inked some of it. Um, and Jose Marzan Jr. They have helpfully listed all of the inkers. Because <laughs> it's not always easy to tell. They don't mention Mark Buck. Oh, yeah. Even, uh, anyway, so uh, often it'll take several of us to get the thing out on time. Um, but, of course, the reason for that is it gives... Uh, buggy time to do the fabulous penciling that he's been doing all these well <laughs> all these crowd scenes also for the last story he decided for that extra special layer of subtlety that he would do gray tone washes on all of the pages which both complicates and uh, uh, makes for a much nicer end result, which is another reason it took so long to ink those last two pages, because I got the pages, it was all pencil work and gray tones, and I had to make out where the actual pencil line was and, and try to ink it the way he had in mind, which is a bit of a challenge, but uh, 
If you're going to go out, you go out with a bang, right? Exactly. Exactly. Um, and actually, people are saying it's sad that it's ending, but I like the fact that Bill was able to actually wrap things up. I mean, most series just sort of either peter out or go on forever, and there are no real endings. Um, so it's nice that, uh, well, I mean, I don't want to talk about it too much because for those who haven't read it, but, but it's, it's nice to be able to to come to some satisfying conclusion or at least some place where people feel that they've they've gotten enough that uh well it's a happy ending so well but that's the thing though because for the longest time the adversary was the main villain and then when they revealed who that was like i was like oh how long is this going to go now because the adversary has been you know dethroned what's going to happen next so i was very surprised that it, you know they were able to go on for as long as they did and it still seemed fresh and innovative well <clears throat> they plotted it out um um bill bucky and shelly bond worked on plot lines that were planted if you'll as you read through you see things happen very early on that come to fruition later on um so it was all pretty carefully uh, planned out. Maybe not in specific de detail all the time, but uh, they knew where they were going with this. Which is awesome. So with this, with this being done, what's next for you? Oh, my usual answer is a long nap. But <laughs> um, at this point... Um, I have a lot of ideas for all kinds of things, but I think I'm going to concentrate on doing things with um, Hawaiian mythology, which is something that few people have done much with. Um, so working on fables has sort of been great for me in that sense. It gives me a, a nice idea of the way things can be handled um, Anyway, pl plans are vague at the moment, but... Uh, uh, but you do have things that you're thinking about that we can expect in the future, right? That's, yes, absolutely. Great, because, again, I, I've been a fan of your work, and I'm always interested to see what new, you know, things you have coming up. Well, thank you. Wow. It's always been my pleasure. So, uh, without further ado, I just want to thank you so much for uh, for taking the time to um, meet with the Geek Chat. Um, I'm Desmond, and with me, as always, is Rich, though he is very silent. You want to say something to the camera? Want to say something? No, no. He's still a little worn out. <laughs> so, but that's just how he is. So, thank you again, Steve, for stopping by. I know this. We've been trying to get you for a very long time. So, thank you so much for uh, for for being. You know, um, amicable and wanting to do this with us you're welcome thank you thank you so much and uh again please tune in um for the geek chat we're here every monday we're every monday from um i will <laughs> rich's day uh, he's a mute but he's very you know pushy <laughs> uh we're here every monday at mix lr uh from six to seven and you can you can look at uh, you can look for us also on itunes search the geek chat uh you can also stream us on either stitcher or uh, SoundCloud. And don't forget, Fables number 150, the graphic novel, which ends it all, is on sale now. And you can definitely check us out. Ch check, check us out at whatever.
<laughs> I would usually throw it to Rich, but but no, he's he's all red right now. So thank you again, and you guys have a great evening. Bye bye.